Welcome, guys, to the fifth episode of Oto, and it's a very special episode tonight. We have a special guest with us. It's uh, Alex Jowski, the host of Crazian Videos over at GeekJuiceMedia.com. Hello, I'm Alex Jowski, and yes, I host Crazian Videos among every most everything else on Geek Juice Media. You are the owner, correct? <laughs> yes. Now, uh, the reason you're on tonight is you have a particular fascination, I guess, with J-pop idol groups. Particularly, yes, particularly uh, Morning Musume, yes. yes. If you don't know, Morning Musume is a band under the Hello Project label, and Hello Project is where they gather a bunch of teenage girls and they make J-pop groups. Think Spice Girls, but very over-the-top and cute, instead of sexualized. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, all run by the same guy, Sunku, and he writes, like, all the songs for all these different groups. That's similar in a lot of group-based projects, even here in the West with uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and they tend to have the same couple of people writing their songs. Yeah. And I uh, didn't end up getting the playlist from you until late last night, so I, I've spent the day getting familiarized with what's coming up tonight. Because we did let you pick all the songs to upcoming tonight. So if you hate something, don't blame me. It's his fault. But I think you'll have a good time. Everything he's picked out is completely infectious. Oh, it is. That's that's one thing that really got me hooked on Morning Masumes. Because I came across them through a YouTube video. And just started finding more and finding out more about the group. I follow their news updates that come through all the time. And following them on Facebook and Twitter. Of course, really? I usually have to end up using Google Translate to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I, I do the same thing for a lot of my, my uh, Visual K, my uh, glam artists, too. I do the same thing, complete with Google Translate. <laughs> and a lot of the girls in the group and former members in the group, they've got their own blogs going on that I keep an eye on from time to time. I mean, they mostly write about what teenage girls write about, so they're not that, the blogs aren't that informative. I'm not sounding creepy at all. Let, let, let's clarify that the average age of these girls is about 14, Mr. Jowski. <laughs> no, they do get old. Like, um, the oldest one in the group right now, Tanaka Reina, she's like 25, but she's leaving the group like this month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but that, that that is the stereotype with a lot of these groups. And um, if you're familiar with like the, the band Menudo, you know what I'm talking about, where if you get of a certain age, you're just kicked out or as the these uh, projects call it graduation, means uh, going on to a solo career or to a adult version of a J-pop group. But what we're focusing on today is kind of a teenage idoldom and kind of prepubescent through teenage, sugary, over-the-top, infectious music. Yes, it very much is so. I know as after a lot of idols graduate, they kind of lean more into uh, almost an R&B style. They, they have a lot more bass and, and try to be try to get themselves taken a little bit more seriously, if you will. Yeah, they do. They A lot of them go into more of an easy listening or R&B or some like start rock groups. Yeah, some totally even go different... into a, like a, a folk direction with the, you know, mm -hmm. acoustical acoustic in instruments and <laughs> that that's not unheard of. And there have been some that have just given up music and just go into acting or modeling. 
And uh, that is another thing uh, that's true about uh, these groups is uh, they're pulling double, triple duty sometimes in the talent department. They have to be able to dance, sing, act, everything that you know qualifies as an idol. And that's uh, the focus of tonight is, is these teenage idols and where the fixation kind of began and where it's you know ended up now. I think whether you intended for it or not have uh, brought up an interesting transition uh, in, t- in regards to um, how idledom has uh, evolved uh, over the years. It was not my intention to bring that up, but when you did point it out, I was like, wow, that's rather serendipitous. The reason I say this is later on this evening, we are uh, playing some Toho-inspired, uh, a Toho-inspired track by a group that remixes a lot of music from video games. Toho, if you don't know, is a series of video games, I believe. I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah, it's a series of doujin games. The ones that I usually play, the Toho games, are all done by one guy named Zune. And they're just top-down shooter games that are just bullet hell, insane fun, that have just this amazing music with them. And there's been a lot of different groups that have taken those music tracks and given them lyrics and remixed them and made them pretty fun songs. And uh, we'll be getting uh, more into that later on, as I said. Coming up first, uh, our first song today is Morning Musume's Ai no Tane, which is their debut single. Yes, I uh, no But it's uh, an unofficial single. They weren't a uh, major act at that point. Is that correct? Yeah, they weren't. They um, it was they had auditions for a new group and they came in second place this group of five girls and sunku challenged them he's like well if you can sell fifty thousand copies of the song you recorded then i'll sign you up as a group and they did they sold fifty thousand copies in just a few weeks thus beginning a very profitable and over-the-top career (laughs) for for this uh this group and they've fluctuated members pretty regularly but this is the original lineup featuring uh, Natsumi Abe, Asuka Kuda, Yuko Nakazawa, Kaori Lida, and Aya Ishiguro and again this is Morning Musume's Ai no Tane their unofficial debut single from 1997 
Welcome back. And again, that was Morning Musume's I No Tane from uh, 1997. So uh, late 90s is when this group began. And you can kind of tell from the vibe of the song, it's a very mellow, very subdued track in comparison to the next block of songs coming up. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. In fact, their whole first album is very subdued like that. Their first two albums, in fact, they didn't really up up the energy until their third album. And they've just kept that high energy. They they do have a lot of album tracks that are slow like that, but all the single singles they release are the high energy ones. Yeah, and I have noticed that the few Morning Musume tracks that I've encountered have all been very, very upbeat, extremely danceable, highly infectious. These all tags that you would associate with this group. If anything, that is going to be applied to every single, well, single that the the group comes up with. And it goes to basically how they do their live shows because all those high energy singles there's a specific costume and everything so when they do their live shows they come out in costume do one of the big singles and then they go back and change in shifts while just like a half of the group does one of the slower album tracks so after they've all changed after two or three slower songs then they're all ready for the next big single so when they do an album they have to plan the entire stage show when they do it they have to think about well well after this number they have to think about in order of uh, theatrics this act occurs and then we have this cast change and then we're bringing everybody back in for this number and so on and so forth yeah we have two more songs coming up from morning musume in our next block the first one being koi no dance site which is actually their second highest selling single of all time only second yes. to uh, the previously re- previously released single to that, Love Machine, and both of those released in 2000, I believe. Koino Dance Site is also notable for being the only Morning Musume single to feature group members playing an instrument. Happen to be police whistles. You'll you'll see. You'll see. It's incredibly infectious, as with all of their tracks. That one's sung by Yuko Nakazawa, Kaori Lida. Natsumi Abe from First Generation, Kei Yasuda, Mari Yaguchi, Sayaka Ichi from Second Generation, and from Third Generation, Maki Goto. Then following that is Roman, My Dear Boy, which is their 22nd single released in 2004. So to go from your eighth single in 2000 to your 22nd in 2004, you're putting out a lot of material. And that lineup is Kaori Lida from First Generation, Mari Yaguchi from Second Gen, no third generation girls in this particular song. Fourth generation, we have Rika Ishikawa, Hitomi Yoshizawa, Nozomi Tsuji, and Aikago. Fifth generation, Ai Takahashi, Asami Kono, Makoto, Ogawa, and Risa Nigaki. Oh, good grief. And we have sixth generation members, Miki Fujimoto, Eri Kame, Suyumi Mishishige, and Reina Tanaka. Did I get them all? Woo! Yeah. Applause! Yes! All right, enjoy, guys. We have uh, Koi No Dance Site and Roman My Dear Boy, both by Morning Musume. Hope you love it.
And again, welcome back, guys. Again, I love these songs that you've picked out tonight, Alex. Uh, actually, you. go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I absolutely uh, adore what you've picked out tonight, man. Yeah, Koi No Dance Side's one of my favorites of theirs because it's got such a unique sound to it. It's got a Indian kind of feel to it that they play in the within the video for the song. Right. You just have to move your hips to this one. It, it's I dare you to not get this track stuck in your head or actually any of the songs we play tonight. If you don't have one of them stuck in your head the next week, then then there's something wrong with you or something wrong with us. I can't I, I don't know which. Maybe you can tell me. <laughs> But uh, I absolutely love Coin Though Dance Side. It's uh, I actually enjoy it more than uh, Love Machine, their highest selling single. I, I I've been dancing to it all day. I'll, I'll go <laughs> ahead and admit, since you sent me the playlist last night, that's the one I, I keep going back to. And if you don't believe me, check Last FM. <laughs> oh, and yeah, Roman, my dear boy, that had such a catchy chorus. And it, it does. And it has to with so many girls participating in it. Yeah, they had so many girls at that time in the group that they actually, for live shows, they'd split them up into two groups, and half the group would tour this part of Japan, other half would tour this part of Japan. Wow, that's that's actually a pretty decent concept uh, to split them up like that. I, I'm just wondering how the larger number, well, I guess it, it could use to lose a few voices. They kind of get drowned out if all of them are going at once. Oh, but then Hello Project does, like, their anniversary shows where they have every girl in every group plus a lot of former members. So they've got a good, you know, 70 girls on stage singing one song. Just an idol choir. <laughs> yes. J-pop idol Nirvana, is it? And they sing the same song every year. It's called All for One. And they've been singing that same song at those anniversary shows for the past 10 years. So would that be like a, an anthem for the band? For the whole label, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, sadly, J-pop groups, they're not as catchy as they or as popular as they used to be. My theory, uh, which I presented to you earlier when we were talking about the playlist, is the rise in uh, popularity of Moe, the, the, uh, the anime fixation with over-the-top cute two-dimensional characters as opposed to these over-the-top cute three-dimensional women. Many theories being proposed right now as to why that is, why this fixation with uh, two-dimensional and and more of a relation, uh, a person connecting to a two-dimensional character more so than they do an actual person. And that seems to be happening uh, quite a bit over in Japan. And it's a pretty interesting phenomenon and we're going to, in the next block coming up, focus on uh, some representations of what these idol groups have kind of involved into. You know, things like Vocaloid or remix projects like we're playing tonight from uh, Toho Games. The way I first came across these ones was through Nico Nico Doga, which is Japan's answer to YouTube, which means smile, smile video. So I only saw them as just... Somebody had taken the song and mixed it with their own stuff, so I didn't know too much about Moe Pop or the Toho stuff going into it. I just thought, well, these are rather unique-sounding groups, and a lot of them use Vocaloid. In fact, there's Vocaloid versions for most all of them. 
And uh, that would be the new idols, uh, wouldn't you say so? Uh, would be these uh, would be Vocaloid, these pre-programmed voice programs. You can construct an artificial voice uh, in these programs, and they all have these personalities that are kind of assigned to them by the company that records the sampling that you're using when when you're composing the the voice. Yeah, Miku and Len and all them. Yeah, and uh, it, it's an interesting thing to to look up if you aren't familiar with it. I'm not obsessed with it, but I, I do know quite a few people in this particular fandom who absolutely love this idea, love the characters. There's uh, comic books out, there's all kinds of merchandise, and these are complete characters with backgrounds and... Uh, relationships and storylines that affect them and even visual k artists like and huge mega pop stars like gakuto has have recorded Mm. vocaloid versions of their voice yeah but as far as the vocaloid goes i mean i've liked the song outputs but unlike the idols from the 2000s morning masume and all them i haven't followed the fan base and who's making the music as much as the output and uh, that's kind of at its detriment, to uh, I think, to its profitability. Well, maybe not. So far in actually selling your CD or your track on iTunes or whatever you're trying to accomplish with the music, it's getting more identified with uh, the merchandise and the characters themselves than it is with any of the music that's being produced. In fact, the... the- Mosaic Dot Wave song, the Moe Pop song coming up, is about merchandise. The song is all that the lyrics basically translate to buy our merchandise. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to be blunt, be blunt, and it's catchy as all heck. I love it. But I, I'm not sure if this is to to be obsessed with them or to be obsessed with any type of idol, I think, is is not a good idea for anyone's mental health to get too fixated on any one thing and i know i say that and you're i'm you know i might as well be talking to a mirror because i I have my own obsessions as a lot of you know love my visual k and i love collecting and made some purchases today i probably shouldn't have but (laughs) it's what you do when you love something but I think it's being more connected to the to the merchandise and to the characters than it is to any of the music, to reiterate my point there, because it kind of got lost in my rambles. But the the music is just as infectious and just as catchy as uh, anything Morning Masume or even currently like Momoiro Clover Z band will probably feature in an upcoming episode. I, I do want to focus on them. There's some particular... Interesting news that I want to cover uh, in regards to them and uh, the Sailor Moon fandom, which I have to address at some point. So, But yeah, we have coming up is uh, the Toho Remix and Dojin Group Iosis. Is that how you say it? I believe so. And it's called uh, Chirono no Perfect Sanshu Kyoshitsu, or Chirono's Perfect Math Class. Yes, and it's about a character from the Toho games called Chirono. Yes, uh, Cyrano is a uh, fairy in the Toho universe and uh, associated with a lot of ice themes. So. Yes, she's an ice fairy, and she's considered an idiot, hence why it says Baka so much in that song. <laughs> and uh, Baka, for those that don't know, does mean uh, idiot, and 
probably don't need to tell most of you that, but <laughs> our goal is to introduce uh, things to people that don't know this sort of stuff. So if you don't know, that's what that means, and you'll be hearing that a lot in the upcoming song. After that, we have uh, Mosaic.Wav. As Alex mentioned, they're in a genre that has only recently come to my attention, and that's through uh, you know my interest in Visual K, and that would be uh, the Moe pop scene. And these are groups that are put together based around the concept from anime Moe, the over-the-top cuteness. Mosaic.Wav, you know, give them a Google image search uh, when you can. Absolutely adorable costumes. Yeah, I, I can't get enough of it. They're adorable. And the song itself is just absolutely chaotic and insane. Yeah. Yes, it is. I absolutely love this one. It's called uh, Gotcha Gotcha Harutsu Figurat Radio. <laughs> and uh, that's track number eight off of Future Fiction Akiba Pop, which came out in 2007. Now, uh, going back to uh, the Iosis song, there's something familiar about this track. I want you to guess what's familiar about it. So again, upcoming is Iosis uh, Chirono no Perfect Sancho Kiyoshitsu, or Chirono's Perfect Math Class, and Mosaic.Wav, Gacha Gacha Harutsu, Figure at Radio. Oh, <laughs> 
And again, that was IOSIS, Chirono's Perfect Math Class, and Mosaic.Wav's Gotcha Gotcha Herutsu Figure at Radio. Alex, um, next song coming up. Interesting selection. The Bakufu Slump song? Yes. Uh, the reason I picked that one, because I enjoyed the song, but I had to come across it originally with that cover, that Andrew W.K. album where he covers all the those J-pop songs. I remember sending that to you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, cover album. He covers uh, quite a few different uh, J-pop artists. Andrew W.K. the covers Japan or something like that. If you look up Japanese covers Andrew W.K., you'll find it. Uh, and it's I believe you can still find it for purchase, uh, probably on eBay or something. I don't think it's in print anymore. No. But if you don't know who Andrew W.K. is, he had a kind of a one-hit wonder. He had the song uh, "Party Party Party." <laughs> I believe it's called uh, "We Want Fun." Yeah, he also had the album "We I Get Wet" that had the, that I liked. I, I think that was his biggest selling album. One of them. He's still at it, but yeah, he's been uh, doing a lot of stuff on uh, Cartoon Network and stuff as of late. And I know yeah. he does a lot of um, self help and speaking, a lot of uh, public speaking like that. Pretty interesting individual, especially that he'd be into such. And he's got pretty decent taste in in regards to J-pop. Yeah, because the only two songs on that album that I knew beforehand were Linda Linda, which was originally by the Blue Hearts, and Kiseki from Green. So the majority of the album introduced me to a bunch of different J-pop artists and styles, and he covers them all in English. He translated them all. Yeah, and that must have took some taken some effort. Probably would imagine he had a translation staff on board for that. I don't know if he did it himself. If he did, kudos to him. And but, they're not uh, verbatim going, translations. They're a general translation to fit the rhythm. Going back to our IOSIS song, did you catch uh, the sampling that they did? The little bit of Tetris? <laughs> yes, the the Russian theme, Korobeniki, uh Tetris theme in there. I absolutely love that and find that completely catchy. And that, too, has been shuffled in with the, the Morning Musume track. <laughs> But yeah, back to, <laughs> jumping back and forth, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was pretty cool. But going back to Bakufu Slump, this band I was introduced to from the movie uh, Battle Heater. And you said you haven't seen it, and I recommend it to you highly. It is about a serial killing, I think they're called tonkatsu, or uh, no, that's not the correct word. Well, a uh, heater, a personal heater that goes around killing people, and Bakufu Slump is in the movie. They're completely unrelated to anything we're playing, but they are completely infectious, so they kind of do fit in. What more have you have you heard of uh, any other tracks by Bakufu Slump? I've gotten some, but I haven't had a chance to listen to them yet. Highly recommend their Tension album. I think it's from the early 90s. Um, get a hold of it if you can manage to. Will do. Yeah, coming up we have our final song of tonight, which is uh, Bakufu Slump's Runner, which was a single from 1988. Uh, which was released around the same time as Battle Heaters. So if you look them up on YouTube and find some videos of this song, that's kind of what they were looking like in the movie, kind of a uh, punkish kind of look. And go check out the movie. Enjoy the song. I do want to ask you guys to visit uh, Alex Jowski and tell us where can we get a hold of you. At geekjuicemedia.com. You could also check out Crazy Videos where I review a whole lot of movies. From all over Asia, but mostly Japan. It has more unique movies than other countries. I can concur. Now, guys, you can get a hold of us at uh, oto-show.com, facebook.com slash the Oto Show, 
email us at theotoshow at gmail.com or join our group at last.fm slash group search for Oto. And uh, you can keep track of what the hosts are listening to. Alex, I'm sure you, you know, might poke in occasionally. Final song. Hope you enjoy it. Bakufu Slump, Runner. Night, guys. I'm